it, it offers itself to be worn, to be interacted with. You know, not all industries can have that. Um, when we buy a garment in real life, we wear it. We wear it to the beach. We might wear it to <laughs> dinner with a friend. We might wear it to bed. So that's what we want to do. With the digital world, we can wear this as filters on our real body, like Snapchat or Instagram, or you know, augment our reality and bring that digital asset into our current world. Hi, I'm Mike Denunzio, the founder of Pebble Ventures, and welcome to another episode of Metaverse Matters. Today, we speak with Natalie Johnson. She is the founder and CEO of Nuno, which is a new fashion marketplace. Natalie has a really cool journey. She's been through a couple of accelerators in the last year. She's worked really hard to bring this company to light. And it's just a lot of good insights on Web3 and interoperability and how fashion brands might be thinking about this. We talk about her loyalty membership program, really neat partnership that she did with Deadfellas and Metaverse Fashion Week, as well as a collaboration that's in progress right now with Diesel. So like all these episodes, I learn a ton, and I hope you do too. If you want to watch the video version, we will have quite a few images of Nuno and the platform that will help uh, you get a sense of what it is. So let's dive in. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Metaverse Matters. I'm really happy to be joined by my colleague, Lauren Fenema, and Natalie Johnson. Natalie is the founder of Nuno which is a really cool platform that's evolved tremendously over the last year. Natalie brings a ton of fashion and tech expertise to the table, but has, a, I think, a pretty interesting story. You're going to hear about her journey to Nuno. So, uh, Natalie, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so why don't we just start out, just maybe tell us what, what is Nuno and where you're going with it. Nuno is a, a destination platform for fashion, NFTs, and digital wearables. So we like to sell things in, you know, the collectible art sort of space, as long as they've got a fashion um, tie, and then the actual, the digital wearables that people can interact with and, and have utility on. So as long as it's got something to do with fashion, we, we would like to, like to support it. Cool. And you've had this journey. You were in a New York Fast Check Lab with, I think it was 3D Rope, maybe it was Nuno as well. I think I saw both logos on there. And then you've done Startup Bootcamp, is that correct, out of yep. Italy? So maybe just kind of give us the journey, because there was a quote I read of yours where you said something like, someone asked you if it's too late to get into NFTs, and you said something to the effect of, well, I didn't even know what an NFT was a little over a year ago, and now I have a company, and I think that's awesome. Uh, but tell us about that. Tell us how you kind of got here over the last year or so. I love that, yeah. Um, we, I, I moved out, of, I was a fashion buyer for many years, and I moved into fashion technology about five years ago now and worked in various roles, always with digital fashion and body mapping in that type of space and virtual try-ons and I opened my own um, 3D design agency for, for fashion brands to help them get uh, rendering in 3D because it's quite common now but it, it really wasn't um, a thing uh, you know five years ago it was quite quite new. Um, people like Adidas have been designing in 3D for years but but not the average fashion brand and, and still a lot aren't, aren't adopting this but 
you know, we worked with uh, with Farfetch on digitizing some collections for them and Off-White. We digitized um, the Woolmark Prize winners um, of 2021. And we digitized issues for ASICs and, and, and others. And during that time that I had that, that agency, this boom of, of big fashion brands were getting into games like Louis Vuitton League of Legends, The Sims and Gucci and the North Face, Pokemon Go and uh, Gucci in the North Face. And so, you know, I just sort of evolved what this could be. And um, we sort of opened Nunev and it was born and we, we wanted to have this marketplace where we could support um, lots of different brands and getting into lots of different games and metaverses with, with branded fashion. Um, so yes, this time last year, I was in the Fashion Tech Lab in, in New York, which is an amazing program. It supports only female-founded um, fashion technology companies. And I was lucky to be in a cohort, cohort of about six of us. And, you know, you, you're just in there building really great relationships with other women who have incredible technology. Um, and, you know, they partner you with great brands during that program. Part, part of the interview process is, you know, you present your tech to the brands and um, they basically vote if they would use your technology or not. And then you get partnered with a few for a few months. And they also expose you to, to legal things, to press training, to, you know, a wealth of, of different sort of masterclasses. So that was fantastic. The only sad, I mean, it was great and bad, but the sad thing was I desperate, I love New York. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. And I was like, I'm gonna be going off to New York in the middle of COVID, but it was a remote program. So, um, and I'm lucky that it was remote because, you know, we got to get into it that way. But, um, you know, normally it's held in New York. And then the Startup Bootcamp Accelerator in Milan was from November, um, just gone. And again, very similar process. You present their brand partners, um, interview you in a crazy whirlwind series of back to back. It's very intense, especially at, you know, three in the morning. I had cans of Red Bull lined up to get me through it. <laughs> I think I had eight pitches back to back. It was very, very intense. But you know, it just makes you a better, um, you know, pitcher. And we, we got partnered with some amazing brands and we actually moved over to Milan for that program, which was incredible. And we built some amazing, amazing relationships with the Italian brands. And I'm very sad to leave it. So we're excited to get back to Italy soon and, uh, you know, build on those relationships. Great. What did, um, for either of those programs, what were the brands, what was their feedback? Because you were obviously very early stage, but like with New York Fashion Tech Lab, what was it? I know the processes for both of those um, accelerators, and they're they're really selective, very selective. For you to get in is huge accomplishment. And what but what were the brands saying about what you had or what they thought what you had could be um, that got you into those programs? Yeah, I mean, again, we we were pinching ourselves. We were so lucky. It's not an easy process. You know, there's submissions, there's rounds and rounds of interviews to, to get to selection day. And then it's it's up to the brands. You know, you, no one can put, no one could, you can't buy your way in. You know, it's, it's really down to the brands. And um, look, the NFT in the metaverse space, even January last year was really not what it is now. I mean, Bored Apes hadn't even launched in January last year. It wasn't a thing. So we, we were quite early and 
you know, there were murmurs of the metaverse. And that's why with New York Fashion Tech Lab, both of my companies were submitted because Nuno was so early stage and almost still in concept. I mean, we didn't have a physical, you know, website or, or any examples in market yet. So it was more taking the brands on that education journey of like, we've got this 3D design studio, we can make you stunning renders, and then we can NFT them. So it was kind of taking them on that journey. So I was very, very lucky to have two companies submitted um, with, with me, but they were so similar. I think that's how it made sense. Um, and then obviously by November, the, the brands were very, very uh, aware at least of NFTs, even if they didn't know what it was or know, know their strategy, they knew it was something that they needed to educate themselves on to learn more. Um, you know, one of our partners were Accenture in, in Italy, and they have the most incredible store of the future in Milan. It's, mm. it's a big, big head office for, for Europe. And it's this immersive um, in real life experience. It's no theory. It's no concept. It's you walk into this store, there's physical you know, screens tracking your eye movement, and there's cool, the latest like virtual fit try on tech. There's it's just, it's just, it's just mind blowing. And, um, you know, I think brands go into the Accenture and they, they can see, and they can immediately understand, okay, I could see that in my window display. I could see that feature being on my point of sale technology or helping me merch plan. And so, you know, we've been offered to, to, to put our NFT solution in that store. So I think brands just need exposure to it. They need constant um, reminder of it. It, it, I often refer it back to when when I started in retail, which was a long time ago. But when I started in retail, fashion brands didn't have websites, um, you know, and you can't even really imagine that. But, you know, Netta Porter was just booming onto the scene and, and you know, they, they sort of game changed how we do retail online. And it's the same thing. Brands don't have metaverse departments. They don't have bandwidth people are just going into work just nine to five just trying to get their jobs done and you know some lucky companies the huge big ones they are forming these these departments internally but but they're few and far between not not every company has this access to this this type of thinking and they want to know they want to do it but you're basically asking them to formulate an entirely new department you know imagine building an e-commerce team and, and asking someone else in, in in buying or design just to quickly do that on the side of what they're they're doing so that's where we're at at the moment you know companies want to get into it they want an nft strategy they want to drop them but they don't really have one per point of of call in 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 the uh, business to talk to you know we talk to the ceo the cmo the designer themselves we try to get the website team we need sort of all of them because there isn't that one person so it is a bit messy and it's like when when people were trying to establish their websites um so you know the brands they're excited they know they need to be part of this they're cautious they don't <laughs> want um any bad energy coming back if they don't do the right drop or they're too expensive or they don't sell out they're a bit nervous about that um but I just sort of say look you just got to experiment you didn't turn your website on on day one and, and make a million dollars and now it's probably your number one store so you, you, you got to invest you've got to try and you've got to build it's build mode and then you'll see the rewards you've got to commit I think a lot of brands are doing little things here and there and then they go quiet for a year and the community is like well I've invested in you I want your nfts I want I want to get in this space and and I think it's just they got to be consistent when they do when they do their drops.
Yeah, that's a really important point. The idea of getting in with a test, but then really having a vision toward being more persistent, you know, more consistent. Because once the consumers start to get into it, they do want more. And and you don't really want to start unless you have this idea that ultimately we can we can scale it. And yeah, we completely appreciate where you're coming from. There is no, I mean, there are a few companies now, Disney just announced a chief metaverse officer. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that over the next 12 to 18 months, for sure, especially at the large corporates. Uh, but right now it is, there are some people that are just taking the lead in the company and that's where we go. Um, so it's good. Lauren, did you want to jump in? Yeah, it's been great to hear more about the journey and uh, echo so much of what you're seeing. We hear this from our clients all the time too, as far as how to just get started. And one of the big takeaways is how do you walk them through that customer journey or what the future could look like and how you know, creating digital fashion and launching NFTs is actually such a great gateway to a future vision and strategy that they still maybe need to learn more about. Well, how do you approach that with, with brands? Brands are so um, on the spectrum. You know, they either get it, they have a very clear strategy, a very clear, you know, we worked with one brand that actually had the file ready to go and they wanted it to be an NFT. Done. Well. <laughs> um, and then we've got other brands who literally are still learning they, they're like you know deers in the headlights they don't absolutely don't want to be pressured into something um and and they just need help and so we don't have one strategy that we go in and talk to and go you know this is our offer bang you know it's take it or leave it we it has to make sense and i think you know the crypto and the nft communities um, they just want authentic, cool products. They don't want brands to be getting into it just because it's a revenue stream or just because it's like, oh, we've got to do it. Um, it's got to make sense for the brand. It's got to be um, a bit of a story of mm -hmm. why they're doing it and, and the way that they do that. And that affects the drop. It affects the products. It affects the price. It affects the stock that you're dropping. So we really go in and we try and deep dive as to why why do you want to get into the metaverse is it because you want to do some really cool marketing and some pr around a new drop um you know are you looking to build a new community in this in this space or, or, or xyz there's there's millions of reasons mm -hmm. and no no two at the moment have been the same so we you know we really bespoke um right a strategy that's that's tailored to that brand and then that affects everything the launch the product as I said and, and everything that goes with it do you have any way of qualifying brands will you do you consider kind of what that story could be or are you kind of game to help anybody in the market enter this new space yeah we really um, have tried to start with really established brands purely from our point of view to help us launch, to help us get exposed to big markets, to give us credibility in what we're doing. The bigger the brand that works with us, the easier it is to get other brands on board because you know that big brand has done their due diligence and, and on we go. So tactically and strategically, that's why we chose to launch with bigger brands. Um, but you know, the metaverse and Web3 is all about collaboration. It's about the, the underdog that might not get exposure normally in Web 2. Um, and it's really about art and, and you know, decentralization. So 100% we want to support artists and, and, and we suggest those cross collaborations with brands that want to do drops with us. Um, and we want to support next gen designers. That's a big passion project of mine. You know, every fashion week in the world pretty much um, has a catwalk, at least, or a program for next gen talent. And um, 
you know, we want to work with all of these, all of these types of brands. They're, some of them are the coolest brands that, that I'm obsessed with, like Harris Reed and Chet Lowe from oh, London. And they're not so even, good. they're not even next gen now. They're, they're their own brands in yeah. their own right. I mean, Harris opened uh, Fashion Week this year, but they were at one point, you know, fresh out of, out, out of school and, and, and just starting. And um, NFTs can actually provide such supportive um uh, business models to help mm-hmm. these younger designers get going um you know you can sell the nft and then you can produce to order so fashion designers that are starting out are crippled because they spend so much of their precious money and funding on making the collection and you've got to make it in all the sizes and you've got to you know to to, to, to be out there to appeal to everyone and, and then you've got to sell it, but you don't really have a name for yourself yet. And so it's impossibly hard. Whereas with NFTs, yes, you have the cost of, of creating that NFT, but it's it's minimal in relation to, to going and, and, and making stock. And, you know, you can have it on a timed sale and then you can be um, seeing what your impact is and then making to order. And so just, just little things like this is how we can really help the top of the market and, and, and the bottom as well. So... Yeah, the innovation in the business model is so interesting. And I was I was also really curious if some of these drops, when we think about how a consumer might be able to like engage with that, and obviously collecting it is just exciting in itself, but do most of the NFTs you're developing also come with maybe a filter or I, I noticed some of them you could try on. Is there that element to everything that you're doing on the platform or is it per brand or kind of how do you think about that utility piece? Yeah, we almost have a, a library of, of utility that we can offer to a brand and a product. Um, is it a Snapchat filter? Is it a Decentraland wearable? Is it um, a filter that you wear on social media? So I might just break this down for people watching who, who don't know what we're talking about. Utility is really how can I use that NFT and get more value out of it for myself? So with collectible art, you know, it is what it is. It sits in the wallet. It doesn't really change. That's that's what it is. Um, just like you know, hanging a, a piece of uh, art on your wall. With utility, we're so lucky with the fashion because it, it offers itself to be worn, to be interacted with. You know, not all industries can have that. Um, when we buy a garment in real life, we wear it. We wear it to the beach. We might wear <laughs> it to dinner with a friend. We might wear it to bed. So that's what we want to do. With the digital world, we can wear this as filters on our real body, like Snapchat or Instagram, or you know, augment our reality and bring that digital asset into our current world. Or we can actually fully immerse ourselves and have it as a skin on our avatar in a completely digital world and dress our online personalities. So this could be if you're playing a game called Decentraland, um, you know, there's uh, another Web3 game, Sandbox. Roblox doesn't operate on NFTs, but it certainly operates on digital fashion. We've seen many brands drop collections in there. Zepetto, Genies. I mean, there's a million games that we could get this into. Now, currently, interoperability kind of challenges being able to take one asset and just get it into all of the games. But this is really utopia for me, and this is absolutely <laughs> where we want to get the the market too. I want people to be able to come by by one item and, and take it everywhere they want. So if you um, just like Snapchat, you can go there. But if someone else wants to take it over into Fortnite or somewhere else, great. Um, we don't want them to have to go into each game and buy, you know, spend the money twice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super exciting. And I want to offer 
every every product that we do as much utility as possible but as we are in that build phase things are still relatively expensive or or they might feel expensive to people that don't know what's involved in the work and so it's this constant playoff of high utility with lots of different um options to take this asset but each option is costing money but also limiting stock because NFT value is very, very high if I just invest in a one-of-one one piece. Whereas if I invest in one of a thousand pieces, you know, a thousand people around the world also have this NFT and it's it's not as attractive at the moment because we're still a very niche market. Once this is mass adopted, I mean, a thousand is tiny. So it, it, that will will cover that. So at the moment, it's a playoff between, you know, offering the utility, but also being cost-effective. <laughs> That was brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. It's it's so great to hear someone say it back as far as all the options with utility. We spend a lot of time talking about that um, just internally. And so thank you for sharing because I think a lot of people are still wrapping their minds around what, how do you use this new, you know, asset? So thanks for yeah. sharing. And, you know, there's incredible platforms where you can make make an avatar and the avatar is interoperable. So, you know, where possible we we, we work with them. The NFT space has huge um, PFP projects, which are profile pick projects. Um, this is where you'll see the board apes, the dead fellas, all of the, the world of women. And, you know, they want to be dressed in, in cool assets as well. Us now on, on this Zoom call, know. you know, we could be wearing cool filters on ourselves and that that will come. Um, so, yeah, I think even people that, that think this is abstract, it's not, we, we all, you know, if you use Instagram or you use Snapchat, you, you're already playing with parts of the metaverse, even if you don't think you are. Yeah, I know we did a call with DressX the other day and, you know, she had different earrings on, tiaras, the whole nine yards, really cool stuff. But you mentioned Deadfellas. So let's kind of turn this a little bit back to Nuno. I want to hear a little bit more. It seems like you had three major programs or initiatives. You have the new card or the Nuno card, you have the Dead Fellows collaboration, and then you have the Diesel collaboration. So I signed up for Diesel, I think in April, and I'm super excited once that, uh, once I get my digital shoes. Um, but let's talk about Dead Fellows. That seemed like you were really tapping into community, really trying to add value to community. Can you just share a little bit about that collaboration? Yeah, I mean, a, I'm just obsessed with them. They genuinely have one of the nicest, I don't know if you are in their Discord, but I would recommend it. It's it's like a big hug in Web3. Everyone <laughs> is just literally friends with each other and they just support each other. And I've never seen, I mean, I'm in hundreds of Discords and I, I don't really feel a vibe like like the fellas. They, they just big each other up it's like each one's a hype man for the next person so it's it's a really special thing they've created um it's female founded betty and psych are, are legends husband and wife duo and they're also australian so there was just so many synergies and we just got on so well and you know they they got the vision that we're, we're building and they were excited by that and um we we did a partnership with them and we dropped products for their community in Decentraland at the, the Metaverse Fashion Week that just went. And, you know, it was hugely successful. We, we over 50% of all of the sales were from us, which, you know, is, is absolutely incredible when you think there were huge brands that were participating. And I think the reason we were able to be so successful is we partnered strategically with the community that already play this game. You know, they've had parties in there with Steve Aoki. They've had great activations. Their community are there. And so we tailored product 
specifically for that that community now if i'm part of the dead fellows and i've gone into this land and i see you know just branded product that's a t-shirt that they're selling on their own website or i see a t-shirt that's literally kind of been made with me in mind i know where where i'm going to be be buying and i think that's why we were able to be be successful is we just targeted targeted that and then we did a physical drop alongside it and it looks so cool i can't wait to get my hands on some of the pieces um so it, it's it's tapping into those communities and and that's what these pfp projects have been able to do you know there's loads of special ones so you know world of women boss beauties um cool cats invisible friends is about to drop um obviously the apes the, the, there's actually there's hundreds that you could write that have great great communities azuki killer girlfriends these are all um you know projects we would love to to work with and tap into we want to work with with everyone that's got uh, a need for dressing with branded product and make it make it fun for them so well that one seems very different than diesel uh, very <laughs> i think it's really interesting that and maybe as you're starting to feel you know kind of where your center of gravity is as a company just this idea of what are the types of brands or platforms or executions that ultimately make sense but so the diesel is super cool, uh, looks amazing. The shoe rotating is really cool. But how did you guys get connected? Did you, did you pitch them? How did that all come together? So we, um, we were very lucky with Diesel. They had the file ready to go. So the fabricant who are colleagues of ours in, in the metaverse space, um, the, we call them the OGs of digital fashion. They really helped put that on the map. They were talking about it back in 2016 when it wasn't it really wasn't a thing. Um, so they actually made those, those shoes and um, the, the 3D file. And I think for the brand, it was such a step change moment of time because a bit of history about Diesel, they'd never had another designer at the helm. Um, and Glenn Martins, who is a bit of an icon, comes from Y Project and is really, you know, got an amazing eye. He had now become the designer for Diesel and, and you can see it in their marketing, in their products. They showed at Milan Fashion Week. They are just out everywhere at the moment they're dressing all this all the stars and, and and i just keep seeing them everywhere i don't know maybe it's because because they're our clients so, so i'm looking but it, it feels like they're really taking it up a notch and these sneakers were a moment in time his new design and, and a real moment to, to take the brand in a new direction um so that's that was really exciting and we um got introduced to them in november by uh a friend in the market and um, yeah, it was just, uh, they had a very clear vision in mind of what they wanted. So um, it's very exciting. And we will be launching that very, very soon. I think we talked about it in, in November. So I think the, the community is really itching to get their hands on that. So it's, it has been a bit delayed, but um, it's coming very soon. Good, I'm glad you're, I am a member of that community and I am itching. You look like you're ready for Diesel with the red behind you. Oh, and I am, believe me. Uh, anything, to so do, on brand. <laughs> anything to advance making me look cooler than I am, I'm ready for. So those shoes will do it. Uh, very yeah. And then tell us about the loyalty card or how do we, how should we be thinking about this? And, and also be good to understand Nuno versus say, the dematerialized versus sort of other platforms where brands are thinking of partnering with maybe kind of paint that landscape for for the audience who i think would be good yeah um so 
Oh, I've completely lost my train of thought. So the card, the loyalty card. The card, the card. Um, so we had this sort of alpha drop, which we launched in um, a few a few months ago. And it's it's exactly like you said, it's the membership card. So the new card, um, we have exciting benefits for those, those members. And things like access to pre-sales, um, depending on which card you get. They're yet to be revealed. Depending on which tier you get, will affect your um, reservation spots for next, like guaranteed to buy an NFT at next drops, and how many you could mint. So if you have, you know, a really special tier, you might be able to mint two or three NFTs, whereas someone with a lower tier might not be able to mint as many. It's quite a standard um, launch for a lot of NFT projects. You know, it helps us build a community and raise some funds to to go forward, um, and. You know, we feel incredibly, incredibly blessed. Again, like any project, there's been a few delays, um, but we really have built this insane community of like what's called diamond hands, where out of 514 cards, I think there's only about 15 or so on sale, which, which means the majority of people are holding, they believe in us, they're excited for our vision. They didn't just buy it to flip it. I think it is different what we're doing to, to, to a lot of NFT projects. You know, the profile pictures, everyone gets it. They can flip it. They can be day traders. They can be whales. They're celebs. It's very easy to get your head around. Do I like this character? I can buy it. I can either keep it or I buy a few and I sell some. With ours, it's like we're on a, you know, a 10, 20 year journey here, getting the brands on board and really building this wardrobe for the metaverse. It's, it's a very different vision. Um, and I think we're lucky that we've sort of carved out this, this niche of, of followers and, and believers that really understand what we're trying to do. And, you know, there's not really any FUD in the community. They just want to know what tier they've got and they want the reveal, which is happening hopefully within a few weeks. So um, with our comparison to other people in market, there are, there's a few of us, there's probably about 10 um, key players, I think, in the digital fashion NFT space. And we're all doing slightly different things. Um, I'm genuinely thankful that everyone else is here because I tell you what, it's hard enough educating the space when there's, when there's a few of us, let alone if you were just one. So, um, you know, there isn't just one shop in the world. There's, there's heaps of department stores, there's all sorts happening. And I think, there's, there's space for everyone and we all have a different tact. So, you know, the Fabricant, it's built on a flow blockchain that's got its own unique community. Um, they have almost like a, a clothing builder. It's like you can go in, you and me, the average person, we're not fashion designers and you can help sort of create, they have the template of a dress, a jacket, a, a trousers. And you go in and you can customize it and mint it if it's a unique combination and, and you become the designer. So they, they are doing that really, really, it's a seamless experience if you get to go in and play with it. Um, you know, the de Dematerialized, they launched and they were one of the first in the market. They're again on a different chain. They're on the Luxo chain, um, which is a, a whole blockchain that, that's been built for the fashion industry. And they've done crazy different products, very, very um, aspirational, very digital, very futuristic. They really push the boundaries of the types of products you can drop. I mean, they've had clothes for pets. They've had mermaid tails. They're really showing brands what you can do, I think. Um, but it's very futuristic. So they've got that sort of space that they're owning. Um, oh, there's so many. The, the Exclusible has a huge 
male audience, I think. And they almost pivoted after they did their first drop. They dropped some Dita Von T's photography. And then they went really hard in the retail space, uh, sorry, real estate space. And so they started selling plots of lands for, for clients and, and building apartments in these, in these metaverse worlds for clients. And they really sort of owned that space and became almost a real estate agent for, for, for clients in the, in the luxury space. Um, we'd be remiss to not talk about artifacts. You know, these really put what we're doing on the map. You know, um, they launched with sneakers. They did collaborations with Ferocious. Um, and obviously they got acquired by Nike. So they really had, uh, again, I think they had a massive male audience when they started for sure. <clears throat> it's probably much more mixed now. They launched sneakers. It was very, you know, type of product that's traditionally masculine. And then they um, launched this clone uh, drop, which was their profile pick drop. And it was very mixed with lots of different sort of uh, genders and approaches and aliens and things like that, which was much more wide encompassing. So I think all of us have a different tact. We have launched with brands. Um, that's where we want to want to play. We love the brands and we think there's space for them in Web3. We think they bring a lot of resource and a lot of familiarity. And I think for Web3 to become mainstream and, and adopted by more, they need to see familiar products. They need to get it. And I think um, going from going into a store and buying physical product to seeing that sort of digital product in, in a in a land or as a filter, you can kind of get, get on that journey quicker. So that's where we see adding value to, to this space. And we really hope uh, the brands come to play. I just thought, sorry, Lauren, just one thing I wanted to follow up on. Um, I thought that was really interesting the way you described it. I hadn't thought of that that way, like the dematerialized, it's a little bit more futuristic in what they've done. I mean, they, the Rebecca Minkoff stuff, the it was Nicholas Kirkwood. Um, I actually bought one of those NFTs just the other day because I thought it was super cool. Then I would give it to my daughter. I think she think would think it's super cool, which would help me try to be more cool. But anyway, I just I hadn't thought about it. But the way you explained it's making sense is this marketplace starts to mature a little bit more. You know, Muno may be the place where you go with more realistic, closer to life versions of things and dematerialize. Again, not sure where they're going to end up going, but maybe we're starting to see and it really ties into this notion of authenticity so if you're a brand you probably want to play on nuno and you want to play on dematerialize and you want to play in other places and you're going to showcase your brand potentially in very different ways uh, yeah that's to be super exciting for brands you know brands don't just put their stock in one store sure. and you know that people don't go shopping in one store if people are passionate about digital fashion they're probably as you said shopping with all of us and i and i really hope that's the case i think we all have we all have to stick together and and i think it's very web3 like you know most of us do already know each other we're on panels together and it feels very supportive it doesn't feel very it doesn't feel like Oh, a threat. It's it's. It, I think we're all thankful that we're all here trying to to push this agenda forward because without each other, it is so much harder. So you know, I'm really thankful for everyone. Every drop that we do in digital fashion is a moment in time that that pushes the boundaries and pushes the, the industry forward. And everyone's doing such different drops within their own space. Like they're just we're just showing what can be done. So yeah, I think it's a really experimental and fun time and I, and I hope the brands do play with with all of us because there's room to so yeah Lauren I'm sure you have more questions 
I mean, I could ask you questions for the next three hours, so we don't, we don't have to dive too deep. I think you've done an incredible job of giving people an overview too. And my only last question was gonna be, you know, what is your hopes and dreams for like a catalyst that could get even more people into this space? And I think you just spoke to it, but if you have any, anything else to add as, as to how, you know, to get consumers really excited to play with this space, I'd love to hear it. I think the, the technology has a lot to answer for. It's still not very commercial and it's still a bit clunky. You know, if you don't want to do a wallet and, and, and what's a crypto wallet and I got to do KYC, what is that? I got to submit my passport photo. That feels a bit invasive. Um, you know, when we can get to a stage where NFTs, you can buy them with your credit card and you can on some sites, but it still goes into some siloed wallet over the, you know, it's not, it's not where it can and should be. So I think that the technology needs to come on leaps and bounds to make this accessible, make it really, really easy to, to transact, just like e-commerce. And I think personally, I hope it, the market doesn't get too fragmented with all these crazy brands just doing something on their own website and in their own wallets and then they don't talk to each other because for true adoption and it needs interoperability so we need you know someone to be helping uh make that experience really consistent for, for, for customers so they know what they're getting um but yeah i think i think i really see this world where maybe we start and people who are investing in in luxury fashion and they're saving up you know a lot of money to buy something and the nft is gifted to them this at least will start getting them these, these digital wardrobes and these digital assets. And they think, let's just start building them up for people. And then we, you know, as the tech improves and the utility improves, we can be helping them use those. But I think there's, there's so many good products. I'm like, quick, you're missing an <laughs> NFT opportunity. I want to NFT that. I want you to, to have got that, you know, like the Balenciaga Gucci mashup. I'm like, oh my God, that was made for the metaverse. Like I want to NFT all of that range. And they've just dropped, you know, this blue monogram um, campaign again. And I'm like, oh, this is just so, such a moment in time. And all of these things should be NFTs, but that's just because I'm obsessed. <laughs> I get it. I'm right there with you. So <laughs> that's, yeah, great. So one, uh, one last question. I'm curious to get your observations of metaverse fashion week. I, you know, it's kind of the good the yes. good, the word to go. <laughs> Personally, I thought for a first time out, it was incredibly exciting. It really, I mean, if you really kind of just kind of zoom back and say, all right, this is a brand new first time really ever type of thing that was produced on such a scale. I thought that was super interesting. Clearly lots of room for it to improve in the next round, but wanted to get your thoughts on, um, you know, being that you were a pretty active participant in this. You know, I am so glad you asked this question because it is a bit of a controversial, a controversial one. People, people either uh, who are in the space, you know, were obsessed with it or they were like, it was, it was really poorly executed. And, you know, we, we, there's, there's divisive yeah. feelings, I think, in the market. Um, it would be remiss not to, as you said, acknowledge that there's, there's room for improvement, like all of this, but over 60 brands came together, you know, in four days into one metaverse land and, and showcase their product. It was really a world first. Um, and they dropped digital wearables alongside physical products. So yeah, it was a huge undertaking and perhaps it was too huge. And that's maybe why there was, there was gaps. But um, I think it was a moment in time to acknowledge, yes, Decentraland, 
and I would say this to the founders of it, it's not, it's not a luxury experience. You know, they didn't start, they didn't set out to build this land to be luxury. They, they, they wanted a social metaverse game. And, you know, we're kind of putting the fashion brands in there, but it's, it's certainly not a luxury experience. So I'm torn constantly. Is it better to be participating in this? So you're still there, you're learning, you were part of that moment, or, or, you know, if we wait until everything's perfect, we, we, we'll never get going. So I see both sides and I'm not trying to sit on the fence. You know, I'm glad we, we participated in the way we did because I think we showed everyone that's, that's how you do it. You've got to make the product authentic and you've got to make it attractive to the people playing the games. Otherwise, what's the point? You can't just sit back and rely on your brand in this space. Mm -hmm. um, it's, not, it's not enough. It's not good enough. You need to be genuine you can't just go well this is my store and this is my product come and buy it. It, it it's not that easy so I think that's the key learning from this and there's so much opportunity you know the brands just need to to spend effort and time and research to to, to make those experiences genuine and then they'll they'll be off um so I it's think thing really for brands is to start to this is a new it's a new environment and you know but there, what, if there were 10 million or 20 million consumers there, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Because no. there's an audience there and we want to intersect with that audience in a really authentic, engaging, immersive way. And yeah. so I, that's where all this evolves over the next several years. I mean, I'm old enough to have been around when the beginning of the websites, they were not like they were today, for 100%. sure. 100%. Exactly, but exactly. That mean that testing and learning and getting exposure won't help you it will help you without a doubt and it'll really help you start to formulate your strategy where is a good place so. for us to be how should we be there what type of investment makes sense given the platform given the audience and so i was actually really happy that did yeah maybe it was too big maybe it wasn't who knows but i thought it was a pretty amazing effort for a first time out i agree i agree and i think there's just it just shows what what needs to be done and if there's other spaces that want to evolve and, and and push it further and make it better you know let's go um so i think i think it's it's exciting what 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 we're going to build <laughs> all right well i broke my own rule i said we were 25 minutes and... i'm sorry <laughs> oh no i feel like we could just keep chatting so it's like you know we can have rolling um but maybe just end it with this. Tell us a little bit about where you're going. Kind of what's the, you have a pretty ambitious roadmap, which is awesome. Uh, you talk about land buys and all sorts of different things, but what's, what are maybe the next couple of quarters look like for Nuno and how should brands be, you know, thinking about wanting to get involved in Nuno? Yeah, we are coming to, to New York. We're looking to do a real pop-up experience again to appeal to that, you know, average average person who who's interested in nfts and the metaverse but doesn't really know what it is and we want to show them you know we have physical products and sneakers sort of on on installations next to the nft and i just think it makes it so accessible for for consumers and it hasn't really been done before so you know we're there we're doing lots of talks we're dropping a collection with with um I can't say in, in <laughs> and um, there's there's lots lots more to come come with us. Um, you know, I want to talk about so many things, but I'll get myself in trouble. But yeah, our roadmap is ambitious. We're not here for six months 
drop and make our money and go, you know, it's not really been about the money for us. We actually genuinely want to build a new way of doing fashion. And so it's, it's a big job <laughs> and we're going to take 10 plus years to do it. <laughs> Great. Well, cool. I bet. We'll get to meet in person at um, NFT NYC. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah cool and thank you very much for taking time today it was really cool to uh hear the story and to be able to no thank it. you both like i feel like we could chat for for hours so we'll definitely have to uh <laughs> go for dinner in new york <laughs> definitely All great right. well enjoy the rest of your day evening what whatever time it is there yeah morning not morning a. yeah <laughs> thank you awesome. so much yep have a good one thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Metaverse Matters by Pebble Ventures. If you enjoyed the content, please do subscribe and rate the show. You could also connect with us on LinkedIn at pebbleventures.com or directly at mike at pebbleventures.com. If you're a brand exploring the space or you're already testing and are looking to develop next level strategies, please do reach out. We'd welcome an introductory conversation to learn more about your goals where you are in the process, and share our thoughts about your business. Have a great day.